Hey there, welcome to today's episode of Verity Vitamins. In uh, this episode, I kind of have a kind of standalone topic I wanted to address, and um, it's something that had come up in my heart this week. Uh, I'm actually about to start a new series uh, that I'm excited about, but before I got into that, I just wanted to kind of sandwich this in the middle, just kind of sneak it in there. Um, just something that had come up in my heart uh, last week, in the uh, normal full-length podcast, I talked about repentance and restoration. And so I'm going to be talking about that more uh, coming up on the normal podcast about restoration and God's heart for restoration. And I'm really excited to get into some of these things. But something that had come up in my heart, um, when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to love, when it comes to restoration, you know, um, we want to have some balance in some things. And and this is the big thing that's been on my heart recently is balance. Um, In fact, I'll go ahead and tell you the series that I'm going to be starting next week, as far as I know, is called The Whole Counsel of God. And so this is kind of just preheating the oven a little bit, you know, Um, just kind of Kind of just giving you some Sam's Club, Sam's Club samples, you know, that's a little bit of a tongue twister, but you say it five times real fast. But um, I wanted to just mention something that uh, bringing some balance to some things. I think a lot of times we talk about certain subjects and people are like, well, yeah, that's true, but what about this? And, and maybe we listen to a message and, and we're like, well, yeah, but that's true, but what about this? You know, and, and the error in that is that we have to realize that no man or woman of God operating under the anointing to teach or preach can talk about everything all at once, (laughs) you know, they can't squeeze everything into one sermon. Uh, The job of of a minister is to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and believe for the utterance for right now, which is what I'm doing right now on this podcast. Uh, Lord, what do people need to hear right now? It's not the whole thing. It's not the whole deal. There's more to talk about, but we got to talk about what the Lord's saying right now. And I guess, I guess I, I should almost include this in the series because I'm already kind of alluding to it a little bit uh, about how we, we want to get the whole counsel of God on subjects. But uh, this is just something I wanted to touch on, and, and I wanted to bring some balance in, if that makes sense. And talking about forgiveness, talking about restoration. You know, one thing I'll say, and I mentioned this before in the podcast I did last Sunday, but you can't really have full restoration without repentance. Uh, I mean, we can't have restoration with God without repentance. We can't have reconciliation to God without repentance. And it's not because God is hard to win over. It's not because he's he's like, well, you know, you know, you got to perform and do all this stuff to to make me, you know, warm up to you. No, the Bible says if you draw near to God, he draws near to you. And, and even before you draw near to him, the Bible says with loving kindness, he draws you to him. So God's the one doing the heavy lifting <laughs> in this thing. You understand? He did the heavy lifting when he sent Jesus to bring restoration. And he, he did the heavy lifting when he sent the Holy Spirit and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So God's the one that it's on his heart. It's what he wants. I mean, the Bible talks about how there's a blessing that comes um, from the hearts of fathers being turned to their children and the children being turned to their fathers. Well, that's something right there. You know, before there can be restoration, there has to be hearts turning. Now, you know what the word turn means? 
when we talk about repentance, that's literally what repentance is. It's turning. And so you could say the hearts of children repenting toward their fathers and the hearts of fathers repenting toward their children. That's in Malachi chapter three or four, I believe. And it talks about, um, lest I smite the earth with a curse. So there's a manifestation of the curse that happens when hearts are turned away from each other. But at the same time, you got to understand that there has to be some turning of hearts in order for there to be healing and restoration in things. And so this applies to anything when it comes to restoration, when it comes to rebuilding things, when it comes to bringing things back together that were broken. Uh, and I'm saying this because last week I talked about restoration. I'm going to talk about it some more this coming week. But there has to be a turning. And so saying all that to say we are believing for restoration with what has been broken. That's what we want to see. That's the heart of God. He wants people reconciled to him and 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 even relationships that have been broken and things that have been broken. Um, it's the heart of God to see those things restored and put back together and brought back together. That's what God wants. That's what we should want. And we should be always courting that. You know what I mean by that? Jude talks about looking for the mercy of God, uh, snatching people out of the fire with compassion. Uh, you despise the garment spotted by the flesh, but you're looking for the mercy of God. Always looking for mercy. Always looking for restoration. That should be our heart. Uh, it's not hard to win us over <laughs> to, to restoration. We want to see things restored. We want to see broken homes restored. We want to see broken relationships restored. We want to see hearts of children turned to their fathers and mothers and hearts of fathers and mothers turned to their children. That's what God wants. And therefore, that is what we want because we have the heart of the Father. And so this is important. And we're going to talk about this more. And, and I'll say this. There's a reason why I'm doing several full-length podcasts talking about restoration. And I'm doing one Verity Vitamins talking about what I'm going to talk about in this podcast. I know I'm already six minutes in, but I had to kind of lay the groundwork there. But today's podcast is entitled Tested and Trusted. And this is some balance I want to bring to some of these things I'm going to be talking about. Uh, Romans 13, 7 says, render therefore to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. So there are some people that we owe honor to. And we're supposed to render honor to those whom we're supposed to honor. Who are we supposed to honor? Well, the Bible talks about honoring the king. Uh, honoring those who are in authority talks about honoring your father and your mother. And honoring those who have labored in the ministry, things of that nature. There are people we're supposed to honor. And listen, it's not conditional. Honoring those people is not conditional. And it's not based on what they have or haven't done or whatever fault you may find in those people. We're supposed to honor them. The second thing it says is, Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loves someone else has fulfilled the law. So we see that we owe it to people to love them because of what God has told us to do. Um, he said, you are to love people. <laughs> you owe it to people to love them. And that would include forgiveness. That would include showing mercy and compassion on them and kindness. And so that's something that we're never going to get that debt paid off. So we don't have to do it. If Peter thought he could do it seven times and get the debt paid off, but Jesus is like, no, -uh, just times that by 70. 
No, uh, we're always going to owe it to people to love them, and that's automatic. Uh, we, we don't have to have a reason to love somebody and forgive them and show them mercy and kindness. We don't have to have conditions or, or some kind of response in order to love people and, and to honor them. But something I want to point out to you in this passage that he did not mention, and that is trust. He did not say, owe no man anything but to trust him. And he did not say, render trust to people. And something I want to emphasize in this Verity Vitamins is that love is not equal to trusting somebody. And we have to have some balance with this. Now, I'm not talking about you know, the gift of suspicion, you understand, (laughs) you know, being suspicious of everybody and seeing a demon under every rock and never being able to have fellowship with anybody because everybody's a part of a conspiracy theory and everybody's this and everybody's that. No, that's paranoia. That has to do with fear. I'm not talking about that. But loving people does not mean you automatically trust them. There's only one person with whom trust is automatic, and that is God. (laughs) That's Jesus. We trust him no matter what, completely. But everybody else, trust has to be proven. Trust has to be proven with everybody else. And, And I'll make this statement to you. What hasn't been tested can't be trusted. And so just because you love people, just because you forgive people, Just because you are kind to people does not mean you're supposed to trust them until you've proven them. And listen, people don't have to trust you until they've proven you. Even if you've done nothing to deserve losing somebody's trust or if they just don't know you, maybe you are a 100% trustworthy person, but nobody owes it to you to trust them or for them to trust you, excuse me. Nobody owes it to you for them to trust you, and you should never act like somebody owes it to you to trust you. They don't, especially if they don't know you. (laughs) And so I'm not expecting people to trust me if they don't know me, and I'm not automatically trusting people that I haven't proven. If it hasn't been tested, it can't be trusted. We're not supposed to just trust everybody. We're supposed to test all things. We're supposed to prove all things. We're supposed to test the spirits behind prophecies and things of that nature. We're not supposed to trust somebody just because they're a minister. We're not supposed to trust somebody just because they're with such and such organization. We're not supposed to trust somebody just because they're this or they're that. No, trust with people is not automatic. Trust has to be built. Trust has to be tested. And an example of this in Scripture that I thought about was Joseph and his brothers. You know, Joseph had been uh, thrown into a pit and betrayed and sold by his brothers because they hated him. And uh, But then fast forward several years, uh, he's the second in command in Egypt, and they show up asking for food. And what we see about this story, it's a beautiful story of forgiveness and restoration. But an element of that story I don't think we talk about enough is how Joseph tested his brothers. Why did Joseph test his brothers? Because last time Joseph saw his brothers, they threw him in a pit and sold him. <laughs> and it wasn't that he hadn't forgiven them. But, you know, there was still, a, he had a brother named Benjamin. And he wanted to test and see, watch this, if their heart had turned. And the way he did that 
was he, he put Benjamin in what appeared to be harm's way to see what they would do. And when Reuben, I believe it was, or Judah, I think it was, either Reuben or Judah stepped forward and said, take me in his place. Then Joseph saw, wow, they've had a change of heart. And they said, we've sinned. We've done wrong. And that is where the restoration came in. Now, I'm not talking about you waiting for somebody to repent before you forgive them. I'm not talking about somebody has to change something before you'll love them and forgive them. We're not talking about that. But you do have to prove people before you trust them. Are you listening to me? You do have to test things before you can trust it. And forgiveness is not equal to trust. Joseph had to test his brothers to see what was in their heart. Jesus did this over and over again. He, he tested them. The Bible says, this, say, this he said, testing them. And God does this. And so um, this is an element of, of restoration, of you know things that people do. We're not supposed to just automatically default to trust. And that's not equal to loving people. And another example of this is uh, David and Saul. Um, David was in Saul's court, and all of a sudden Saul threw a spear at him. And David fled. Well, you would too. <laughs> and so David's hiding out in the field, and Jonathan comes to him, and he's like, hey, let's just go back to the court and talk to Saul. And David said, listen, uh, I-, I need you to test Saul. And I want you to tell him that I, you've allowed me to go with my family. I've asked to go with my family to make a sacrifice and see how he reacts. Now, some people will say, well, David was lying. There's no evidence that David was lying. He may have had every intention of going back with his family. He had to go somewhere. But there, this was a test to see how Saul was going to react. So you notice that David didn't just go back to the court. Why? Because the last time he was there, he got a spear thrown at him. And Jonathan said this to Saul, and Saul got angry and tried to throw a spear at Jonathan. <laughs> so David knew, I ain't going back to the court. You understand? This is another side of things I want to just bring some balance with. Just because we love people, you're not required to go somewhere where you know you're going to get a spear thrown at you. Are, you. are you listening? Are you tracking with me? We're supposed to be led by the Spirit. And sometimes people can confuse love with trust, and they're not the same thing. Now, love is involved with trust. Intimacy has to do with trust. But again, uh, trust has to be built. And God won't entrust us with things if we're not faithful with them, if we're not proven faithful. He said it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But, you know, David still honored Saul. He, he didn't kill him when he had a chance to kill him. He didn't uh, you know, dishonor him. He still honored Saul as his father-in-law, as the king, and yet David didn't go back to the palace because he knew he was in danger there. He had to test the waters. He had to, he had to put some feelers out there and see what was going on in Saul's heart. You, you, you hearing what I'm saying today? And you know, when trust is broken, it has to be rebuilt, whether it's, it's with spouses, whether it's with a parent and their child. You know, if, you're, if your uh, child lies to you and breaks your trust and disobeys you, you are not supposed to just automatically trust them again. You need to build that back up. Doesn't mean you don't love them. You do love them. That's why you're doing it. And doesn't mean you don't forgive them. Doesn't mean you're shaming them and condemning them and holding it over their head. That's not right. But you got to prove that. You got to test that. You got. But here's the thing, though. In order to do that, you have to give opportunities 
for trust to be rebuilt. And see, some people won't do that. They'll never even give an opportunity for trust to be rebuilt. And if you never give an opportunity for trust to be rebuilt, well, how can somebody prove themselves faithful? How can somebody build trust if they don't have an opportunity? That's where it comes back to, we're looking for restoration. We're looking for reconciliation. We're looking for mercy. We're seeking it. And God is seeking it. And we're not talking about conditional love. But listen, there are such things as conditional trust. And I'll say this too. This phrase came up in my heart when I was praying today. Um, You don't have to burn bridges to set boundaries. I'll say that again. You don't have to burn bridges in order to set boundaries. Um, It's important to have boundaries, but that doesn't mean you have to burn the bridge. And you don't have conditional love toward people. You don't have conditional forgiveness. And with those to whom it is due, we don't even have conditional honor. But trust is conditional. It has to be proven. And uh, something I want to mention to you, though, that what I'm not talking about is I'm not talking about threatening people or provoking them. Uh, This is something that is ungodly. Uh, Just a couple of scriptures about that. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the admonition and nurture of the Lord. So a parent may need to test their child's faithfulness and prove their child before entrusting things to them, but proving is not provoking. Are you listening? Proving is not provoking. Galatians 5.26 says, Let us be uh, not desirous of vain glory, provoking one another. Now let me make this statement to you. Pride provokes. Pride provokes. Pride says things that are provoking. Pride provokes, but humility quietly examines. You see the difference in that? And then again, uh, the other thing we don't do is threaten. You know, threatening people is not testing them. Well, I threatened them to see what they were going to do. No, that's not godly. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.23 that Jesus did not threaten when he was uh, reviled. And in Ephesians 6.9, back to Ephesians 6, it tells masters to not threaten their employees. So, you know, a, an employer may need to test his employee to see if they're faithful, but that's not threatening, and that's not provoking. Those things are ungodly. That's not testing. God will test us, but he's not provoking us. And, you know, uh, let me just mention this last thing, and I'm going to close. In John 21, verse 15, Jesus is talking to Peter, and he says to Peter, Simon, do you love me more than these? And he said unto him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. And he said to him again the second time, Simon, do you love me? And he said unto him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said unto him again, Feed my sheep. And then the third time he said, Simon, do you love me? And watch this. Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, do you love me? And he said unto him, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Now, what's happening here? Peter had denied him right in front of him. I denied that he ever knew him. And obviously we see that Jesus has welcomed Peter back. We see that Jesus has forgiven Peter and welcomed him back with open arms. And again, if you never give people an opportunity (laughs) to rebuild trust, they never can. God's faithful. He always gives us opportunities to be faithful, to rebuild trust, to prove ourselves. He always gives us opportunities to do it. He's merciful. He's kind. 
But Peter still had to pass the do you love me test before Jesus entrusted his sheep to him. Oh, are you listening? Jesus tested Peter with a three-question test. (laughs) Three questions. Do you love me? Easy answers. And he apparently passed because Jesus said, feed my sheep. So in order for Peter to be entrusted with Jesus' sheep, he had to pass the do you love me test. Now, this is true of all of us. Uh, Before Jesus will entrust more to us, he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And Jesus won't entrust more to us unless we're proven faithful. I can only trust what I have tested. So I just want to just minister this to you today, some balance in this. It's okay to not automatically trust things. You have to test them. That doesn't mean you can't walk in love and forgiveness and and desire restoration in things. But if you want to imitate God, you got to test the heart of a thing before you just walk right into it.